The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let's pray, then pastor's going to come bring a message called Renewing Our Mind. Welcome once again to Ambassador Baptist Church. It's good to have each and every one of you worshiping here with us today as we really finish out our series entitled, What's on Your Mind? And so uh, you are here today, meaning you're here for the very final message in this particular series. So thank you so much for being a part. And I hope for some of you, this has been an encouragement and a blessing as we've been moving through this study on our mind. And so as we've been saying for several weeks, uh, many Christians attempt to change their behaviors without ever changing their thoughts and beliefs regarding those behaviors. And, and what we've been looking at is this really will, will never work. It's what some might refer to as an exercise in futility. Uh, because the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter number 12 that we are transformed, we're literally changed by the renewing of our minds. And you see, changing your thoughts really is the secret to changing our lives. The problem is, and what we're trying to focus in over these couple of weeks, is that most Christians don't really tend to think about what it is they think about. And so today, we're going to unpack our very last sermon in this series, simply entitled, Renewing Your Mind. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to just give some very practical thoughts from 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 on how do we actually go about doing this. What is the functional pattern for taking um, some thinking, for taking thought patterns, and then actually seeing them change on a baseline functional level. And so that's what we're going to do a little bit today. And I hope as we conclude this series uh, that there will be some things that you can kind of just latch on to and will be a help as we move through the last uh, service here uh, today. And so let's do this. Let's just dive right into it. Once again, and uh, we're going to go to our text because we're going to use this particular text as our guide in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, number 10. And uh, let's notice here, if you would, verse number 3 of our text. It says here, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. That is to say, uh, what, we, what we fight spiritual enemy and mental challenges with are not going to be physical in nature. Uh, they're going to be spiritual. They're going to be mental in nature. It goes on to say in verse number four, for the weapons of our warfare are not, car- are not carnal, but mighty through God, notice this, to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, if you have that in your Bible, I want you to maybe take a pen out. If you have a highlighter, feel free to underline. This is the one place in the New Testament where that word stronghold is used. And uh, we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit and talk about what does that mean, a, a stronghold. For, for some of us, depending on how long you've been in church world, uh, this idea of stronghold tends to conjure up thoughts of deep, dark sin, It conjures up ideas of maybe addiction, and so we use a word like stronghold, and it just kind of conjures up 
particular thought patterns. It conjures up kind of deep sin. It conjures up ideas of a whole lot of addiction. And yet what we're going to find is since this really is the only place that that term stronghold is used in the New Testament, we have to allow this passage to really define what a stronghold actually is. And so though we might begin to think that a stronghold is an actual behavior or a particular activity or a specific outward sin, the reality is at its truest sense, what we're going to see here is that a stronghold is not something that we do. It's not an addiction. A stronghold isn't some pervasive sin. At its very essence, a stronghold is a thought pattern that we have a hard time letting go of. Notice what it says here in the next verse. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And so this word stronghold is given to us in the context of thinking of thought patterns, of that which is going on and through our minds. And so when we talk about strongholds, we have to understand exactly what they are. So let me kind of give you a functional here definition based on our passage of what a stronghold is. A stronghold is a deeply ingrained thought pattern that goes contrary to God's truth that often leads to pain. All right, so let me kind of just say that again. A stronghold is a deeply ingrained thought pattern that goes contrary to God's truth. So any time that we have a worldview, any time that we have a thought process, any time that we have a way of thinking that goes contrary to God's teachings, that would be considered a stronghold. Now, once that thinking gets embedded in our psyche, yes, it is going to lead to deep, dark sin. It's going to lead to negative activity. It might lead to addiction. And so these behaviors, these actions, these activities, though in fruition, they will, perf- they will produce some outward fruit. At its very essence, a stronghold is something that happens first and foremost in the mind so we could say if we wanted to put it in a nutshell we could say a stronghold is a lie that we believe it is a lie that we believe to be true a lie in regards to what god's word has to say so anytime that we have a thought pattern a worldview a way of processing information in our minds that goes contrary to a biblical, scriptural worldview. It's a a lie that we hold on to, a lie that we happen to believe. The Bible calls that a stronghold. So a stronghold is basically a thought pattern that over a period of time becomes so ingrained in our minds that they become a destructive part of our life. See, the first time you process information in a particular way, it doesn't really have that grip on you. But you continue to allow that pattern of thinking. You continue to allow particular thoughts. And you think those thoughts again and again and again and again. Over time, what was just a singular thought now becomes a thought pattern. You let that thought pattern continue on for a while and that thought pattern turns into what the Bible calls a stronghold in your mind. 
And so the goal of Christianity, the goal of the Bible, is to allow God's Word to kind of root out those strongholds. And then allow God's reality to be placed in its, in its place, I could say, or, or replaced in its place. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk a little bit about how do we take these strongholds? How do we allow those strongholds to be replaced? And so this is going to be very functional. It's going to be very practical. We're going to take the opportunity to didactically, in a, in a kind of systematic way, talk through how do, we, how do we do this practically and functionally in our everyday lives. All right, so let's just dive into it, find out here what uh, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has to say about strongholds of the mind. Let's start in verse number three. Once again, the Bible says here, uh, we'll, we'll jump into uh, verse four. For the weapons of our warfare, notice this, are not carnal. Verse three says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Notice two times the word not is used. And, and this is really important because the apostle Paul is trying to help us understand, hey, what's taking place here? He's trying to clarify what's really going on. He's saying, hey, this is not, we walk not after the flesh. He says here, he says, we do not war after the flesh. He says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You see how the apostle Paul is trying to bring a sense of clarity. He's saying, he's saying it's not this and then he's going to go on to say but what's really happening is this and so he's saying he's clarifying what's really going on he's clarifying what's actually trying to be communicated he's he's trying to help the corinthians recognize what is actually transpiring here which leads us here to our first thought this morning and if you have your service program you can use this to follow along through our bible study today but it brings us to our first thought this morning and that is simply this one we must recognize the strong strongholds we must recognize them he says hey corinthians people of corinthian church at corinth there are some strongholds here hey you you think you're battling on a surface level no there's something under the surface this is not just physical you think you're just dealing with this problem in your world and this circumstance around you and this situation beyond you and he says no i want to i want to clarify some things there are actually there are mental emotional spiritual strongholds that are on your mind and he's trying to bring clarity to what's happening here he's trying to help them recognize that strongholds exist in their thinking And I will say this, probably one of the hardest things for individuals to do is recognize strongholds in their own thinking. Because if you knew something was a lie, you wouldn't believe it. If you knew that the way you were thinking wasn't correct, you wouldn't do it. If you knew that the thought patterns that were going on in your head were not healthy, if you knew that they were destructive, you wouldn't participate in them. Because the reality is it is so hard to discern strongholds in our own thinking. In fact, I might even say this, it's nearly impossible outside of the help of the Holy Spirit of God. Most of us here today wouldn't be able to say, yes, these are the five strongholds that exist in my mind. 
If I were to, let's go around the room real quick. Hey, why don't, why don't you take a moment, stand up and share the strongholds that exist in your thinking right now? You'd be like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Because if you knew they were a stronghold, if you knew they were a lie, if you knew they were a destructive, unhealthy pattern of thinking, you'd probably change it. And the reason you haven't changed it already is because many of us are even oblivious to the fact that they even exist. And so the first thing the Apostle Paul tries to bring up, and he's trying to help the Corinthians understand, hey, I need to clarify some things for you. You think your problems are physical. You you think you're wrestling here, verse 3, with the flesh, with the things you can see, with the things you can touch, with the things you can hear. And the Apostle Paul is saying, I need to clarify some things. What you're actually struggling with is much deeper. What you're really warring with is underneath the surface. See, we can get in this mindset that all of my problems are circumstantial. All of my problems are the people around me and the situations in my life and the circumstances of my being. And the Apostle Paul is saying, okay, yes, I realize that might be the fruition of what you're struggling with, but he says it's actually much deeper than that. He's saying, I want to clarify that what oftentimes is going on is there are strongholds in your way of thinking. There are strongholds in your thought patterns. And I know you're oblivious to them, and that's why I'm coming to you. And, and I, want, I want, by God's grace, to speak into this area. I want to help you understand that it's actually, it's not the situations, and it's not other people, and it's not circumstances. It's actually a stronghold that exists in your mind. And I want to help you recognize this. I want to help you see this. I want you to help you identify these things. I want to help you with this. Uh, here's a quote just to kind of put this in a nutshell. We have to recognize the strongholds before we can remove them. We have to recognize the strongholds before we remove them. We're not going to experience God's grace in removing strongholds in our, in our thought patterns if we've not first identified them, if we haven't first noticed them, if we haven't allowed the Spirit of God to reveal them to us. That's why the psalmist cried out. He said, God, open thou mine eyes. He says, I want to be able to see as you see. I want to recognize things as you recognize things. I want to be aware like you are aware. So, just so we can be practical, I can't give you an exhaustive list of all the lies Christians believe, but can I just give us a few examples so to kind of get the wheels in our head turning a little bit about what we're actually talking about? Because I realize up to this point, it's been somewhat ethereal. It's been somewhat philosophical, and it's like, well, what are we actually talking about? So it would literally take an entire series to try to exhaustively go through the Word of God and name every stronghold that could potentially exist in the mind of a believer. We don't have time to do that. So let me give you just three or four, just to kind of wet our whistle a little bit, just kind of get us thinking about what exactly a stronghold might look like in the life of a believer, all right? Let me give you some examples. Uh, one of the examples might, of a stronghold might have to do with your 
how you perceive yourself, your identity, all right? This is, this is a big one, and there, there's probably a hundred we could mention just in this broad category of lies we believe about who we are, but let me give you just one just to illustrate. Uh, one of the lies that Christians always, often believe about the, themselves is this, I am inadequate. I am inadequate as a Christian. I don't have what it takes to be the type of Christian that I think I'm supposed to be. I, I am inadequate as a mom. I don't have what it takes to raise kids. I'm inadequate as a husband. It, doesn't, it feels like no matter what I do, I'm not good enough to be able to be the husband that, that my wife needs. I'm inadequate. You feel inadequate at your job, like no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get out from under it. You just, it, it seems like everything that comes out at you is just another thing to make you feel inadequate. Like, I don't have enough energy to get the job done. I don't have enough resources to do what needs to be done. It doesn't seem like I have enough money to accomplish what I need to accomplish. I just feel inadequate. And then people come to church and they feel inadequate. Like, I I don't have what it takes to serve. And I don't have what it takes to lead. And I don't just seem to measure up. And in every realm of our lives, we allow ourselves to believe the lie that we're inadequate. Even though the Word of God is very clear that we as believers, are complete in Christ. We're complete. In fact, the Bible goes on to tell us that everything we need for life and for godliness has already been given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Again and again and again throughout Scripture, we are reminded that in Christ we're enough. That in Christ we have everything we need to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. God's Word is very clear. In Christ, you are not insufficient. In Christ, you are not incomplete. In fact, you are new and you are whole and you are complete and you're sufficient in the person of Jesus. And yet many of us have a stronghold in our mind that says, I'm, I'm incomplete. I'm inadequate. I don't have what it takes. And it is a lie. It's a stronghold that many of us have allowed ourselves to think so often And for so long, we actually believe it's true now. Stronghold. I'll give you another example. Oh, my life should be easier and more comfortable. Like, most of us actually believe that our lives should be easier. We really do. My marriage should be easier than this. My, my career should be easier than this. Man, church should be more comfortable than this. Man, parenting should be easier than this. Having teenagers shouldn't be this overwhelming. We actually believe that our lives should be easier than they are that they should be more comfortable than they are. And I want to say to you, that, my friend, is an illusion. It's a stronghold. Jesus said, I want to encourage you to take up your cross and follow me. 
Jesus said, hey, if they hated me, your master, how much more will they hate you? Yes, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but it's still a yoke and it is still a burden. The moment we start believing this lie that my life should be easier and my marriage should be easier and my parenting should be easier, what we do is we negate the fact that we actually, it is hard, it is difficult, life is tumultuous, but we have something the world doesn't have. We have the grace of Christ that can help us to endure in the midst of the difficulty. That's what's different. A stronghold. If you find your mind telling you this should be easier, my life should be more comfortable than this, there might be a stronghold there. It might be that the difficulty you're going through in your marriage, the difficulty you're going through in your parenting, the difficulty that you're experiencing at work, it might be the very thing that God is using to mature and develop you in ways that nothing else on this planet could be used to develop you from. Do you realize that God is often using your trials and your challenges and your difficulties for His perfect will? And yet we allow this stronghold into my, our minds. Life should be easier. Life should be more comfortable. And I'm just going to tell you, that's not a biblical perspective. But some of us, we are trying to live our whole lives so that it can be a little easier and a little bit more comfortable. And when God's grace allows your life to be easy and when His grace allows your life to be comfortable, man, praise God for it. That's awesome. But it doesn't have to be easy. Your life doesn't have to be easy for God to still be good. It's a stronghold. Here's another stronghold that exists in people's lives. Other people are the primary source of my misery. My spouse is the primary source of my misery. My children are the primary source of my misery. My parents, my loved ones, my relatives are the primary source of my frustrations. People at this church are the primary source of the problems in my life. The co-workers, the boss... There is a stronghold that does believe other people are the primary source of your misery. And can I say this? That is another stronghold that the enemy is going to try to reinforce in your mind again and again and again. James is very real when it says, hey, where, whence cometh wars and rumors of war among you? Where does this fighting begin? It even happens in your members, in your heart. That's where it comes from. doesn't come from out there it comes from in here you see the person who is at peace here will find that they are at peace out there and when there is no peace out there all it's revealing is there is no peace here strongholds psalms chapter number 26 says this examine me O lord 
prove me. That word means test me. The psalmist is saying, I want you to search me, God. I I want you to test me. I want you to prove me. He says, I want you to try my reins and my heart. I want you to prove my heart, test my heart. I can't see the strongholds that exist in my heart. I can't see the strongholds that exist in my mind. That word there that's translated reigns in the King James Version uh, is, if you look at it in the Hebrew, it is the Hebrew word for, for the inner parts of your life. It could be heart, mind. Most translations translate that word mind. And prove me, try my mind and my heart. And so what the psalmist is saying here is he's saying, hey, God, I can't even, I can't even see. I can't even see what's going on. God, I don't even know the strongholds that exist. Will, will you show me? Will you reveal? Will you prove? Will you test? Try this thing. Try my mind. Try my heart. Man, reveal what's going on. Why? Because we have to recognize the strongholds before we can remove it. So let me give you some practical ways. So if, if we just gave you some examples of things that could potentially be strongholds, then we need to cry out to God. And this leads us here to a couple of practical things that we can do to, to allow the strongholds in our minds and in our thought patterns to be revealed to our consciousness and awareness. Let me give you some things. Number one, I would encourage you to pray like the psalmist. Cry out to God and say, hey, test, test my mind, my heart. Prove me. Examine me, O Lord. Ask Him to examine your mind. Ask Him to reveal this stuff to you. When was the last time you said, God, I feel like the problems are that person in this situation. I, I, I feel like the problems are out there. But God, if the problem's with me, can you just reveal it? God, because I, I realize when there's wars and rumors of wars and there's fighting, that they, they have to come from somewhere within. Proverbs talks about how without pride, there is no contention. That contention and fighting is always the result of pride. There can't be contention without pride. Man, let's go to God. Let me say, let me say another thing here. How, how do I identify strongholds? How, how do I identify them? I'll say this. Let me give you just a couple of things. This is very practical. How do I identify the strongholds that may exist in my heart and my life? Number one, activities that you usually regret so think think the things what are some activities in your life that you find yourself often regretting and then ask yourself what was the thought patterns that led to it that might be an indication that there's a stronghold there activities that you often regret what is the thought patterns that led to that activity those thought patterns might be strongholds in your life Here's another way. How do we identify strongholds? Behaviors that steal your peace and your joy. What behaviors constantly and regularly steal your peace and steal your joy? And then what were the thoughts that led to those behaviors? The thoughts that led to those behaviors that often steal your joy and your peace, those thoughts may be strongholds in your life. How do we identify strongholds? How do we see that which we have a hard time seeing? 
getting into this book is a great way to identify strongholds in your life. To open yourself up to counselors who allow this book to lead and and to guide and to direct. Give people the opportunity, have the humility to let folks speak into your life. How How do we see these things? How do we identify them? We have to recognize the strongholds before we can remove them. I'll say this. Sometimes a stronghold, and follow me on this one, so if you're kind of half paying attention, this might be a good time to jump back in, uh, you know. (laughs) Or else we're going to get halfway through this and you're going to be like, ah, what were we talking about? Sometimes it's not what we, it's not that we believe, it's not like the stronghold is something we believe. It's not like there's, for, for, for a lot of us, it's not like we might not believe, well, man, if I, if I just got more drugs, then my life would be so much better. You know, like for, for a lot of us here, that wouldn't be maybe a stronghold that we particularly find ourselves overwhelmed with, all right, for maybe some of us here today. So it, it, it's not quite that apparent and in our face. Oftentimes, the strongholds are much more subtle than that. In the sense that what we, what we say we believe, we say we believe in the fact that God is in control. And we say we believe that our sufficiency is found in Christ and our satisfaction is found in Christ. And so we say with our lips that we believe those things, but we have a really hard time holding those beliefs in our awareness as we move through the functional, practical, daily realms of life. You see what I'm saying? So we're moving through life. It's not like we believe something like some horrible, awful lie. You know, it's, it's not that. It's just the things we say we believe on Sunday doesn't stay in our awareness as we're living our lives on Tuesday. So on Sunday, we'll sing songs about how God is in control and, and he reigns on high and, and there's nothing too big for our God. And then Wednesday comes along and we get the bill in our mail and we think, oh, I'm ruined. We didn't allow that thought of who we say we believe God to be. We don't allow that thought to take root in our minds, in our daily lives, and we find that what we say we believe quickly flutters away in the midst of the smallest negative circumstance. And that is a subtle version of a stronghold. What we sing about, and what we praise about, and what we worship about doesn't stick in our conscious awareness in the midst of everyday life. Some people have referred it to this. We are practical atheists. Because we really do believe that God is sovereign. We really do believe God is in control. And we really do believe that that the heart of the kings are in the hand of the Lord until something happens that doesn't go our way, and then we start to question it. Because we are not able to take that reality of who God says he is and hold it in our conscious awareness through the seasons of life. And before we know it, what we said we believe on Sunday is not held in our conscious awareness 
a stronghold is able to get back in there, and we don't, we're not, we don't even, we're not, we don't even believe it. Like, like I don't believe, I, I believe God is sovereign. I believe God's in control. I totally believe that. And, and yet, if you were to look at your behavior on Tuesday or Wednesday, the reality is there's actually a stronghold there because maybe you don't actually believe it. You see, you see how subtle this can be? Like, we do believe it. We just aren't able to hold on to it for very long. We would affirm it, that this is what's truth, and this is what God says. But we have a very difficult time holding on to it as we move through the seasons of life. We have a hard time holding on to it when people don't act our way. And we have a whole hard time holding on to it when circumstances don't go the way that we think that they should go. And we have a really hard time holding on to it when our spouse doesn't behave the way that we told him to behave. And, and yes, we say we believe it, and to a large degree, we really, really do. But we're just not able to hold on to it very strongly in our conscious awareness. And so therefore, it has very little impact on our everyday life. It is a subtle version of the stronghold, and it is why so many Christians are deceived. Because we're like, no, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe God's in control. I totally believe that God's working all things together for good, even this, like, we, we say it, and we really do believe it, but it just doesn't stay there in any real realm of life. Like, it's there when we're sitting in pews, and it's there when we're, you know, we're, we're trying to be Christian, but like, when when it's Tuesday evening and we're in a fight with our spouse, like, it doesn't, it just does, it, it doesn't, it doesn't affect the way we interact. It doesn't affect the posture of our heart in those situations. Or when we're frustrated or when finances don't go the way, we, we just have a hard time holding on to those realities. And it's a subtle version of the stronghold. Let's keep going, though. Notice verse number three. Verse number four, he says here, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. He says, I need you to realize this. I need you to see what strongholds actually are, but mighty through God. Notice this, to the pulling down. Notice that word, pulling down of strongholds. He goes on to verse five. He says, now cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. These thoughts that are going contrary to what God's reality would say, he's saying, I need you to cast those things down. Cast them down. Cast them down. Verse number three, verse number four, pulling down strongholds. You see this? Paul's saying, hey, cast them down. Paul's saying, by the grace of God, pull them down. He's literally saying, by the grace of God, get rid of strongholds. Don't allow them a comfortable place to reside in your mind. Some of us have made very cozy places in our minds for those strongholds to dwell. We kind of we, we, we kind of protect our strongholds. Like a, like, a, like, a little, like a little pet, we, 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 we kind of just, we, we kind of take care of them. We protect them. Nobody's going to attack my stronghold. This is, what's, this is what I think. And we just protect. We create a very cozy place in our minds. Because, because our strongholds kind of make us feel superior. 
Strongholds make us feel good. We're right. Everybody else is wrong. Our strongholds stroke our ego and our pride. And so because of that, we have a hard time getting rid of them, which leads us to our next thought this morning. Not only do we need to recognize the strongholds, but secondly, we do need to release the strongholds. Number two, we need to release the strongholds. Once we get, okay, what, what might be a stronghold in my thinking? What might be a stronghold in my mind? Number two, we need to release. We need to cast them down. We need to pull them down, all right? Release them. So what does this actually mean? What do you mean releasing them? Releasing a situation to God literally means releasing to God our thoughts about the situation. It means surrendering our thoughts to God about those particular situations. We talk a lot about surrender that to God. What does that even mean? Oftentimes, when we talk about surrender, what we are saying is surrender your view, surrender your opinion, surrender your perspective, cast that down, give it to God and say, God, revenge is yours, saith the Lord, he'll take care of it. It's his. See, once we've identified a stronghold, then we need to be humble enough to say, God, this is such a part of who I am. This, is, this way of thinking has been such a part of the way I've thought about for so long. Can I say this? It's something that you're going to have to cast down again and again and again. I don't know anybody who was able to do this one time and get victory over it. When a stronghold, the reason a stronghold is a stronghold is because oftentimes it is a thought pattern that has existed day after day, week after week, month after month, many times year after year, and in some cases, decade after decade, this stronghold, this way of thinking, this pattern of perspective, literally, we can't tell the difference between who we are and this opinion. They are so merged. This stronghold is who we are. It is at least how we see it, who it is that we are. Like we, we can't separate the stronghold from our identity. The stronghold, addiction. And people say, I'm an addict. Like it literally, the stronghold becomes a part of their identity. to release that stronghold, to surrender it, to, to say, God, by your grace, every time that imagination, that untruth, that thing that goes contrary to the reality of God's word, every time it tries to find a cozy place in my mind to reside, I'm going to release it. Every time it tries to find a cozy place to, to massage my ego, and take care of it, I'm just going to reject it. And we got to reject, we got to cast it down every time, every time. So I ask you this question, what is the stronghold in your life that constantly is trying to get your attention, constantly trying to get your awareness, tr- constantly trying to bring your, your conscious awareness to that thing again and again and again? And what is that thing that God is calling you to reject, to cast down, to release again and again 
and again. Here's what Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed. This is, this is an ongoing process. This word renew is a word that is in a tense that says again. Re. Renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is something we have to often do over to renew it and to renew it and to renew it, to cast down that stronghold, to cast down that imagination, to pull down those things, to reject them to release them, and it's something we have to do day after day after day. I know when there are strongholds that are taking root in my own heart, oftentimes it will take months and oftentimes even year or more continually rejecting that thought, continually casting down that imagination, continually rejecting that thought pattern in my heart, recognizing, hey, that thought pattern is not consistent with what the Word of God says. I reject it. I will not ruminate on it. I will not meditate on it. I will not think about it. It Maybe it's an unkind thought pattern towards somebody. Maybe it is a negative perspective toward a situation. Maybe it is a circumstance where my view of it lacks faith. And rejecting it. Releasing it. Casting it down. Pulling it down by the grace of God. Releasing that thing. Let's keep moving. Notice what it says in verse number five. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Notice this. And bringing into captivity every thought. Get this. Every single thought about your identity, about your circumstances, about your situations, about your marriage, about your parenting. Every thought needs to be subjected to the obedience of Christ. Here's what Philippians chapter number four, I'll give you this, which leads us to our final thought this morning, and that is this. Not only should we recognize and release the strongholds, but lastly, we need to replace the strongholds. We need to, number three, replace the strongholds in our lives. They've got to get replaced. Replaced with what? With those thoughts that are obedient to Christ. There are thoughts that are submitted to Christ. And can I say this? There are thought patterns that are not submitted to Christ. And our psychology can find a million ways to justify and to excuse unhealthy, negative strongholds in our mind. And we'll find, we, we will justify them and we will excuse them and we will find a million reasons why for us it's okay to just kind of, you know, take care of our stronghold. It makes us feel good. It, 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 it makes our ego and our pride by just continuing to allow that thought to ruminate in our thinking. That thought, it's critical toward people. That thought lacks no faith in God. That, that thought is not, it's not encouraging. That thought is not uplifting. That thought is not edifying. That thought is not healthy. And yet many of us will allow those thoughts toward a spouse, those thoughts toward a coworker, our thoughts toward a situation, and we will allow no place for faith in our thinking and allow no place for high and lofty thoughts of how great God is within the context of that. We just, keep, we just keep thinking them and keep thinking them and keep thinking them. 
And God says it's time to release them so that we can replace them. What, kind, what are we replacing them with? Many of you are aware of the replacement principle. If you try to remove something without putting something in its place, you create a vacuum in your mind and those things will just keep coming back. So it's not enough just to release them. It's not enough just to reject them. It's not enough just to cast them down or pull them down. You have to replace them with something healthier. You have to replace them with something better. And here's what the passage says. Replace them with thoughts that are obedient to Christ, that are submitted to Christ. What are those things? Philippians gives us a good place to start. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, you say, well, the things I'm thinking, they are true, they are honest, and they are just. Well, that, that, that's good. Let's, let's keep going. What else does it, does it pass the test? Is it lovely? Are the thoughts you, you say, well, they're true. I, good. Are they also lovely? <laughs> well, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're honest. They're just. Yeah, are they, are they lovely, though? Are they good report? There be any virtue? Are they virtuous thoughts? There be any praise? Well, let's just stop with the true, Pastor. That's where most of us want to stop as Christians. We are really, really good at getting pious and self-righteous to justify our thoughts because they are true. That's That's great. And so we will allow such critical, negative, horrible thoughts to infect and literally rape our minds. Why? Because they're, well, they're, they're true. And they destroy us from the inside out. They're not lovely. There's no good report. There's no virtue. It's not uplifting or praiseworthy. It says, think on these things. So how, what do we do? How, did, how do we develop spiritual disciplines that will help us to regularly release the lies and reinforce the truth? That, that, and that's a question you have to ask yourself. What spiritual disciplines does the Holy Spirit of God want to put into your heart and mind that will cause you to release the lie? Because I'm going to tell you the enemy is going to come every day and get you to think on those things which are negative and unhealthy and unlovely and unedifying and unencouraging and faithless. He wants your thinking to be totally enraptured with doubt-filled, negative thinking. Thinking that doesn't bring God into the equation. Thinking like, well, you know, life's just done a bum deal on me. There's no faith there. We talked about 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Is your thinking reflect that spirit of faith? When you think about your spouse, when you think about your coworker, does your thinking reflect a posture of the heart that accurately represents 1 Corinthians 13? Do you love people with your thoughts? And here's what God's saying. I want to give you the grace to do that. The way you do it is not by trying harder. The way you do it is get your heart fixed on Christ. The more you remind yourself about all that Christ has done for you, it literally changes you from the inside out. You say, well, this person hurt me, and this person lied to me, and this person deceives me, and this person's... All these things, and I'm just here to tell you this. 
oftentimes what that reveals is that individual has not spent enough time at the foot of Calvary meditating on all that God's forgiveness has done for them. They have not filled their mind with the gospel good news of all that God's done for them, and in that vacuum, all they can think about is how everybody else has done them wrong, or how life has done them wrong, or situations, but a mind that is fixed on Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the mind that is looking unto Jesus, the author, starter, finisher of our faith, the mind that is obsessed with Jesus doesn't have room for strongholds. And so when I say release the strongholds, it's impossible to do without replacing them. What are you going to replace the strongholds with? That is really where the rubber meets the road. To so fill your conscious awareness with the good news of the gospel and all that God has done for you. And for some of you, what you might need to do is find the very strongholds in your thinking that are just annoying you and frustrating you and discouraging you. And you need to ask yourself, what did Jesus do for me? And what did Christ do in me when I was doing that to him? Preach that gospel to yourself until God changes your heart from the inside out and you get off of your high horse, your lofty stronghold mental position of self-righteousness as if in your mind you have the right to think such things about life. What right does God have to allow my life to go like this? And what right does does that person have to say that about me? And, And you know what? Filling your mind with the gospel good news will then crowd out strongholds and that's the key to try to release them without replacing them is an exercise in futility so don't walk away just like i'm going to release them i'm going to cast them down i'm going to pull them down it'll never work you've got to replace them with the thoughts that are obedient to christ so in our takeaway turn from your stronghold and toward his strong hand Turn from your stronghold to his strong hand. Not just releasing, but also replacing with thoughts that are obedient to Christ. And every time the angry thought, that bitter thought, that worrisome thought tries to seep in and reinforce a stronghold in your mind, recognize it release it, say, God, this is your, I'm going to cast all my care upon you for you care for me and I'm going to replace it with thoughts of you, thoughts of the gospel, thoughts that are fixed on you and you alone. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.